0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Well, welcome to week three, week three of our series, The Power of I Am. Now, before we get started, I need you to get happy. We've already had first service, and, uh, you know, I, I'm just going to be up front with you. This, this subject matter is a little weighty. It's, uh, it's kind of like, it's, it's like, ooh, this kind of, it kind of hurts just a little bit. It's kind of like going to church and getting your toes stepped on. But I'm here to tell you, it might hurt a little bit, but it's going to help you more than ever hurt you. It's, a, it's the good, good kind of hurt. And so I I'm going to just encourage you uh, that, 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 man, I, I so believe in what we've been teaching the last couple weeks. If you haven't been here, we can't go back through it. But these podcasts would be worth downloading free. How many of you would agree that there's been some great stuff taught the last couple of weeks? And God's really, really helped us. And uh, Uh, I know when we talk about the subject matter, it's not something that you start like getting excited about, but I'm here to tell you, it will absolutely, listen to me, it will absolutely change your life. So if you're not having fun, would you help the preacher out and just fake it? Just act like you're having a good time. I mean, first service, I mean, great, great crowds, and, and uh, but, but they, they weren't acting like they were having fun, and so, so I don't want to be painful this morning. I want to be helpful, and I, I know what happens is we just get thinking, and we go, oh, man, I'm just so messed up. No, 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 no. You've been messed up for a long time, and, uh, and, and we're getting healed today, and we're getting fixed today, and we're, we're getting help today, right? So, so let's pray. Father, we're just asking for your help. or thank you, Lord, for all, all these that are here today and all of our campuses. God, I, I thank you, Lord, that you know every situation. And God, you know how to tailor fit this message to minister and to help your people. God, that's my prayer. God, not, not that I would do good, but God, that I would just be helpful today, that I would help your people. Spirit of the living God, you're welcome in this place. I pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. and all God's people declared, amen. Week three again of our series, The Power of I Am. Uh, again, this series is based on the book, Joel Osteen's latest book called The Power of I Am. If you have not got the book, I'm telling you, this book is worth getting such such valuable truths in it, And if, uh, if uh, you'd like to get more information on how to get a copy of that at all of our locations in the lobbies, uh, we have Dream Team members that will be willing to, to help you. Again, I'm not teaching the book, but I am taking principles found in the book, and we've been teaching those. You know, the whole point of, of the book is this simple truth or this principle we've been telling you every week. It's this right here. It says uh, just basically, whatever follows the I am will eventually find you. Whatever follows those, those two simple words, I am, really will determine what kind of life that you're going to have. Uh, in other words, you could say it like this. If you're always saying, I'm so stupid, then stupid is looking for you. If you're always saying, I'm so ugly, then guess what's looking for you? Some of you just figured out what your problem is. I mean, you, you can't say that and not expect it not to show up. It's, it's, a, it's a spiritual law. You know, if I'm always saying, I'm so old, then wrinkles are, are looking for you. If you're always saying, I'm so unlucky, then misfortune is looking for you. I'm so clumsy. I'm so broke. I'm so unqualified. I'm so weak. That's how most of the world talks. But we've been learning that, that we shouldn't say things like that. We ought to put in our mouth what God has already declared about us. We should say, I'm blessed. And you do start saying that, guess what's going to happen? Blessings are going to come looking for you. I'm strong. You know, this is Bible stuff. The Bible says, let the weak say they're weak. No, it doesn't say that. The Bible actually says, let the weak say I'm strong. And if you'll say it, strength will start looking for you. I'm healthy. Well, if you declare that, because whatever comes after the I am, it's looking for you. I'm healthy. Health is going to start looking for you. I'm prosperous. Guess what? resources are going to start looking for you. I, I'm attractive. That's better than saying I'm ugly. I've been telling you the last couple weeks, listen, I've been doing this for years. I'm a, pro- I'm, I'm a product that this thing works. I've been saying I'm attractive. You should have seen me before I was saying that. I am beautiful. And, and, and oh, geez, I am, a, you ought to try that out. at all of our camps. Just go ahead and try it out. Say, I am, I am. attractive. Well, that, that's better than saying, I am ugly, right? Well, you say that it's going to come looking for you. Uh, I, I'm, I'm smart and all those things. See, here's the point. The I am's coming out of your mouth will either bring success or failure. And the reason why is because what comes out after the I am's, you're giving permission and inviting it into your life. Uh, we've been talking about over the last couple weeks that your words really do matter. Your words really do matter. We've been showing you the last few weeks uh, through the Bible uh, that your words really matter. And, and, and more importantly, the importance of giving voice to what God has declared in the Bible. The Word of God is God speaking to you. And it's important that we get His language into our mouths. Our words really do matter. For those that don't think that words matter, just think about those words, I do. Has those words ever changed anybody's life? Come on, husbands and wives. Yeah, when you said I do, it changed your life forever. For those that don't think words matter. How about that yes that you said to that first drink? Did that change anybody's life? How about, that? How about that, uh, uh, that yes that you said to that first smoke? Has that changed anybody's life? How about that yes that you said to that relationship when you should have said no? Has that changed anybody, anybody's life? You know, for the wives that don't think words matter, here's what I want you to do. This is your homework. The next time your husband gets home from work, as soon as he walks through the door, I want you to greet him and say, oh... Object of my desire. (laughs) Oh, how I've longed for you these past few hours. Come into my palace and bathe in my affection for you. And you watch how your words will affect your husband. I mean to tell you, he'll suck in his gut, he'll square his shoulders. His eyes will brighten up, his blood pressure will go up, and you'll find that your king has arrived. Why? (laughs) Because words, words really, really do, do matter. Words really do matter. Um, In uh, Matthew chapter 12, Matthew chapter 12, before we get there, here I found this. this. This might help you. This might help you get happy today too. You know, life has a way of uh, of messing up our mouth, right? We we try. You know, you've been hearing this last last couple weeks. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a watch around my mouth. I'm gonna start saying the right things. I'm not gonna say the negative. I'm gonna put God's words in our mouth. And then you just go out these doors and you face life, right? And life has a way of messing up our mouths. Uh, there's an old story about a father who got fed up with his lawnmower because it was so difficult to start. So so he went out and bought a new lawnmower, and his son asked him if he could sell the old one. His dad said, sure, I want you to get rid of that piece of junk anyhow. And so the kid gets a cardboard sign uh, saying, lawnmower for sale, and sits out in front of his house. And about an hour later, a preacher, I like this, a preacher comes by who's interested in buying the lawnmower. And so he asked the kid if if the lawnmower worked, and the kid responded by saying, "Uh, yes, sir, it does. And so the preacher starts yanking and yanking and yanking on the cord to start the the mower. And about after 50 yanks with sweat rolling down the preacher's face, the preacher says, I don't think this mower works. And the son said, oh, yeah, it does, but you have to cuss at it before you can get it to start, because that's how my dad has always done it. The preacher says, you know, I haven't cussed in over 20 years. The kid looks at him and says, that's okay, keep pulling on that cord, and it'll all come back to you. (laughs) Life has a way of doing that, right? You say, okay, words matter, I'm going to get my words right. And then you go out there and you face life. For those that don't think... Words really matter. Let's just remind ourselves of some of the verses we've been looking at. Jesus himself, your master, your savior, your redeemer, the one you get all teared up about. Here's what he said concerning the words that come out of your mouth. Matthew 12, verse 36. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation. Now, that word salvation doesn't mean just going to heaven. That word salvation means healing, breakthrough, deliverance, health. Provision, prosperity, could be your salvation. And notice, words can also be your what? Your damnation. I'm going to be good this week. Got in trouble with that last week, right? Damnation just simply means destruction. According to the Bible, according to Jesus, your words really do matter. Words are in- incredibly powerful. They can, they can build you up. Uh, they can encourage. They can motivate but, but we all know words can also tear you down and hurt and cause horrible scars in your life. Um, you know, James, James knew and understood the power of your words. In fact, James has a lot to say about the words you speak. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, who's James? Well, well, James is somebody we read about in the Bible. In fact, there's many people in the Bible by the name of James, but but the James I'm talking about is, is the half-brother of Jesus. He just wrote the, the, the verse that says your words are, 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 are really something that matters. You need to take them seriously. James is, is, is actually Jesus' younger brother. He grew up with Jesus. He shared bunk beds with Jesus. They played together. They fought together. Can you imagine growing up with, with Jesus who is perfect? I'm sure he must have heard it a hundred times. Why can't you be like your brother, right? Now, what's interesting is that James, the brother of Jesus, didn't believe in Jesus until after Jesus actually died upon the cross and was resurrected from the dead. I mean, think about that. How hard would that have been to convince your brother, hey, hey, bro, I'm God. I'm God. Like, yeah, really? Like, really? I mean, would you have believed that? So James didn't believe in in Christ, why why Jesus was on this earth in his earthly ministry. But James had an encounter with Jesus after the resurrection, and he becomes a Christ follower. And then, hear me, he becomes the pastor of the Jerusalem church that had over 50,000 members in it, the brother of Jesus. And, and the reason why I bring all that up is because what, what, would, what would the brother of Jesus want to talk about? Uh, the one who grew up with him, the one that played Legos with him, the one that seen it all and heard it all, what, what, what would he want to talk about? The good news is that we have it we know exactly what he would say. It's called the book of James, and it's found in the New Testament. Just a short few chapters, James actually talks about his relationship and the principles of Christianity. It's one of the most practical books in the entire Bible. This is interesting. Most scholars or many scholars uh, call uh, James the Proverbs of the New Testament because it focuses on everyday lifestyle of of the New Testament believer or Christian. Well, what's interesting now is that the one subject that, that James continually brings out and brings up in those chapters through his writings is the power of your words. Don't dismiss this subject matter. If, if James thought it was important and he had a opportunity to talk to us, and and, and this is what he wants to talk about, then maybe we need to say, hey, maybe this is a a bigger issue than what I have made it. In fact, let's go ahead and read James chapter 3, because this is what is crazy, is that it's actually the longest discourse found in the Bible about the tongue, and James is actually the one one that wrote it. James 3, here we go, verse 2, he says, "...indeed we all make mistakes." For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect, we could also control our, ourselves in every other way. You know, I could spend the rest of the, the, the message just talking about that principle. What James is saying is that if you want to deal with your addiction, if you want to deal with your, your, your problem and your issue that you're facing in life, the way you fix that is to fix your mouth. Because if you get your mouth fixed, you fix every other issue, oh my... It really does matter what you say after I am. So he goes on to say, we can make a large horse go wherever we want to by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. Notice what he says here. It gets pretty strong. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Well, what is James saying? He's he's trying to communicate that hell is looking to use your mouth. Because hell understands that words really do matter. Verse 7, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. But catch this, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is always ready to pour out its deadly poison. Sometimes it praises, praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come, pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, here's James, the brother of Jesus, surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not Right. According to James here, your tongue can do some really big things. And what's interesting is he said that that no man can tame the tongue. He goes on to talk about it's through the Spirit of God, the the, the life of God living in us that that can tame the tongue. And we're going to find out in just a moment that, that, that it's not our responsibility to tame the tongue. Our responsibility is to control the, the tongue, control the tongue. Uh, in this that we just read, this longest discourse on the subject matter of the tongue that James writes, he, he gives us three metaphors to describe the tongue. He first of all says the tongue is a bit. The tongue is a bit. He compares the the tongue to the bit found in a horse's bridle that they put you know, it's a piece of steel, about four inches, and they put it in the, the horse's mouth so that you can control, not necessarily tame, but control that untamed horse. And James is just saying, hey, it's the same way with that that, that tongue of yours, just, just like that that tiny bit, that, that four-inch bit in the, the, the mouth of a horse that controls some 2,000 pounds. It's the same way with your tongue. If, 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 we can, you're, you're, if we can get your tongue right, it'll control your whole life. It's amazing. He says the tongue is a bit. It controls and steers your life. See, see he's, trying to, he's trying to say, hey, it's a big deal. I've got to get you to see this, so I'm going to use a metaphor. It's like the bit in a horse's mouth. The same way that bit controls that horse is the same way that your tongue controls your life. And then he says, okay, you didn't get it, so let me tell you again, it's like a rudder. You know what a rudder does, right? It, 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 you can have these, this huge ship that weighs tons, yet it's steered. It's controlled by this sm- small, tiny rudder. And James is saying, did you get it yet? The same way this, this rudder steers that huge vessel, that huge ship, is the same way that your tongue steers and controls your life, the way the rudder is able to steer that ship in, in the storms and in the wind, is the same way that your tongue, if you can get it right, can steer your life in the circumstances of life. He says, "Okay, you didn't get it there. Let me let me try one more time." The tongue is a spark. Another metaphor. He's trying to he's trying to get you the get the picture that your tongue is really important. James says the, the, it, it's like these huge fires that can cause devastation. They're, they're started a lot of times by just a small spark. And James is saying it's the same way with your tongue. Your tongue can spark a fire that can destroy your life and the lives of others around you. I think what's interesting is that through these metaphors, we're, we're really given two important principles. I hope you don't forget them. Two important principles. What would James say? What would the brother of Jesus want you to know? Two important principles about our tongues. Number one, your tongue has the power of direction. Your tongue has the power of direction, which is to say, if you want to change the direction of your life, then you've got to change the declaration of your mouth. That's good news. I know this is close to home because we're thinking about what we're saying. But listen, you can change what you're saying today. You don't have to say, I'm fat and I'm ugly. You can you, you begin to declare, I'm a masterpiece. I, I, I'm chosen by God Almighty. He created me in His very image and in His likeness. You can begin to declare what God has said about you. You see, if you get your tongue moving in the right direction then your life will move in the right direction. That was worth coming to church for. We ought to give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. Come on, at all of our locations. So James says, I want you to know this, that the tongue has the power of direction. But then the second thing that we get from his metaphors is this, your tongue has the power of destruction. Your tongue has the power of destruction. Think about how many times we have destroyed Things because we were verbal arsonists. Wow. Speaking words of hurt, speaking words of anger, words of resentment. How how many relationships have failed? How, How many friendships have failed? How many families have failed because of misspoken words? So James says, Your tongue is a bit, your tongue is a rudder, your tongue is a spark. And it sets your whole life in motion. James goes on to teach us something very important that I want to park on for the remaining moments. Notice in James 1, the first chapter, verse 26, here's what he says. Anyone who says he's a Christian but doesn't control his sharp tongue is just fooling himself. And his religion, that word religion just simply means service to God, isn't worth much isn't worth much. He who doesn't control that word "control" means to make useful his his tongue is just fooling himself, and his service to God isn't worth much. Uh, we might not be able to tame our tongues, but according to this right here, as Christ followers, we need to control our tongues. Uh, Solomon said the very same thing, the wisest man that ever lived, in Proverbs 13.3. Notice he says here, those who control their tongues will have a, hello, long life. Does anybody here want a long life? Come on, Fresno, Madeira. Is anybody looking for a long life? Listen, you're working hard to lift those weights and run and eat right, but that doesn't guarantee a, li- a long life, but this does. You get your tongue right, you can get your whole life. Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Open your mouth. Can ru- opening your mouth can ruin everything. So, so here's the question. How do we control our tongues? You know, everybody has one, <laughs> but not everybody really knows how to use it wisely, in our nation, you know, there's a whole lot of talk about gun control right now, right? And I get it. I understand it. But what we really need is tongue control, right? We hurt, we wound, we assassinate more people with our tongues than we ever will with our guns. We need tongue control. And we've spit The last few weeks really emphasizing that words matter. Today, I just want to give you some practical things. If you're really serious about controlling your mouth, that'll help you so that you can get the direction of your life heading in the right way. So here's three words that I want to give you that can change your words forever. They're going to help bring tongue control. The first one is right here, number one, pause. Number one, pause. Uh, What I'm saying is wait before you speak. Just wait. Wait before you speak. Before you answer, before you say anything, here's a good word that you need to hear in your head. Wait. Wait. You need to hear. It needs to be like... like just 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 floating around in your head constantly it's it's actually an acrostic that you can use that stands for why am i talking wait why am i talking right before you speak just stop don't say anything push the pause button on your mouth you've got one you can do it you can control it james 119 again Notice what he says, remember this, my dear brothers and sisters, everyone must be quick to listen, quick to listen, but slow to speak and slow to become angry. Boy, do we ever have that flipped around, right? We're slow, we're we're, we're quick to speak and slow to listen. You know, the, the truth is, most of us really don't listen. Come on, I know we're in church, but we can be honest, Right? Most of us, we're really not listening, right? We're, we're not a good listener. Most of us are just waiting for the other person to shut up so we can tell them what we think and what we know, right? You ever finish somebody else's sentence for them? James is saying, you need to be slow to speak, quick to, li- quick to listen. He's saying, hey, what you need to do instead of arming yourself for the next sentence that you're going to say, how about just leaning in? And listening real good, being a good listener, listener, slow down what you're saying, and hold your tongue. pause. Pause. That's what he's saying. Proverbs 10:19 says, don't, "Don't talk so much. You keep putting your foot in your mouth. Be sensible, and turn off the flow. I like that. Proverbs 10:19, "Turn off the flow. Turn off the flow. There it is. Don't talk so much. See, see, I want them on the screens. I want you to see them at all caps because you wouldn't think this is in the Bible. It's in the Bible. I didn't come up with this. Don't talk so much. You keep putting, you keep putting, how, when are you going to learn? He's saying you, you need to hit the pause button. You have a pause button on your life. You know, my wife is brilliant at this. She's so good. You know, a couple weeks ago, I know some, most of you have heard this story, but I'm going to keep telling this story till the day I die. It's such a good story. We're coming back from Northern California. The traffic is really heavy, heavy. We're in the Madeira area, for all those Madeira people. We're in the Madeira area, and and, 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 and traffic is just stopping. You ever been in one of those, you know, those uh, on the freeway, and just the traffic is going, and then it stops? And you, you can't tweet or text or do anything like, you've got to pay attention. Don't look at me like that. Like, you never text while you were driving. The devil is a liar, right? So, 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 so the. The, the traffic's slowing down, and then it's going, and we're just flowing. Man, I'm a rapper and didn't even know it. So anyhow... So. So, so Madeira, we're coming to the Madeira. It's all that Christmas traffic. Just, just, I mean, just a month ago. And, and so here I am. I'm slowing it down. I'm slowing it down. And I come to a complete stop. And once I came to a complete stop, all of a sudden, somebody behind me plows into me. I thought I was going to go through the windshield. I thought the, the airbags were going to explode. It was just, it was a traumatic, traumatic uh, a situation that happened in my life. You can tell by, by me communicating it this morning. And I, I looked back in my mirror and there she was, my wife. My wife is driving the car behind us. We're actually coming back home. And she runs into my, my truck. I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. Once I picked myself up off of the, the floorboard. I looked in the mirror, rolled down my window, and I'm just flailing my arms. I'm just going, what in the world is going on? See, because in my thinking, I'm thinking, well, somebody must have hit her, and then she's hit me, and, and we need to pull over, and we need to figure this out, and they're going to buy me a new truck, and <laughs> because, because, because how, how do you get a new truck if it's your wife that hits you, right? It's like, it's, I mean, how does the insurance pay for that, right? And so I'm, I'm going like, what? Going and, and this is my wife's expression, and this is all my wife does. She's slashed over in her seat with her hand on the steering wheel, <laughs> and I'm going like, really? really? You, you, you hit me, and you're not going to say a thing. And she is in pause mode right here. She's acting like nothing happened in the world. Everybody around us, they're going, that lady just rear-ended you. And I'm going, I know, and she's not going to say a thing, and she's just going. (laughs) My wife is brilliant at hitting the paws, because she knows that's not the time to start talking. Sometimes it's just good to hold your tongue to put it in pause and not say anything. You know, those unspoken words might save you a lot of pain in your life. How many situations have you ever been in that you thought, man, I wish I hadn't have said that. I wish I hadn't tweeted that. I wish I hadn't texted that. I wish I hadn't If I would have just slowed down and hit the pause button, I would have never done that, said that, tweeted that. Proverbs 21, 23 says, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut, and you'll stay out of trouble. Oh, how we need to learn the pause button and stop the sound in our lives. This this is actually huge, and and I'm spending more time on this first one than I will the other ones, but you've got to understand, this is Bible I know some of you don't know that, but it's it's Bible. We, we, We find in the Old Testament where Joshua is ready to take a people into the promised land. I mean, this is a land that God has promised, a land that flows with milk and honey, and the very first enemy they have to deal with is Jericho. The Bible says it's a walled city, and God gives his plan for victory over the city. He says, Joshua, what I want you to do is I want you to march around Jericho, and I want you to do it every day for seven days. I want you to do it once every day, but on the seventh day, I want you to march seven times. So it's what he was saying is, well, jo- well, here's what Joshua does. He goes to the people, I mean, a million people. And he says, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to possess what God has promised. And then he begins to say, and he says, this, this is how we're going to do it. Put down your guns, put down your arrows. Here's how we're going to do it. We're going to march around Jericho, the walls of Jericho. And, and we're going to do that once, and then we're going to go back to camp. And then we're going to do that the second day. And then we're going to go back to camp. We're going to do that the third day, and we're going to go back to camp. And we're going to do that for seven days. And on the seventh day, we're going we're to march seven different times. And then God said to, to let out a shout that God has given us this city. He says, so that's what we're going to do. He said, but I need you to understand On all seven days, every time we march around Jericho, here's what I need you to do. God didn't tell Joshua to say this. God God says, on the seventh day, just let a shout out. But Joshua said this to all the people. He said, listen, on day one, we're going to march around that that wall city. And he says, "I, I want you to put it in Pause. I don't want one peep coming out of your mouth. I don't want one word coming out of your mouth. So they did that one day, went back to camp. They didn't say a thing. Did that the second day, didn't say a thing. Did that the third day. They did that for seven days. And on the seventh day, they went seven times, and they never said a word until they got to the end of that seventh lap, and they shouted with all their voice and said, The Lord has given us this city. Now, why would Joshua tell them to keep their mouths shut? Because 40 years earlier... They were at the very same place. And they didn't keep their mouths shut. You remember we talked about this last week. The people begin to complain. The people begin to murmur. And the Bible says you're going to have exactly what you have said. Your negativity is going to cause you to all die in the wilderness. And so here is Joshua with a brand new generation. says we can't risk a thing. We're going to go in and possess what God has promised. I don't want your mouth to mess. It up. So I need you to hit the pause button. It's so important that we hit the pause button in our lives. It'll save you. Listen, before you say anything, wait, why am I talking? We see this in the New Testament. The angel of God shows up to Zachariah. He's Elizabeth's husband. They're a couple. She's been barren. They can't have a child. And now they're in their old age and the angel Gabriel shows up and he says, Zachariah, your your wife's going to have a baby and you're going to call his name John and he's going to be the forerunner of Christ preparing the way of Jesus. He's actually Jesus's cousin and, and all this great news. And John begins to go, how in the world is this going to be? I'm old. I'm married to an old woman. This is an impossibility. And you know what happens there in Luke chapter one? You can read it. Gabriel looks at him and he says, Who do you think you are? I'm Gabriel, the angel who's been in the presence of the Most High God, and he has sent me to declare this good news to you. But because you will not believe and speak the right things, I'm going to mute your mouth. And the Bible says they muted him for nine months so he wouldn't get in the way of what God has determined to have established through his wife, Elizabeth. Words matter, right? So tongue control begins with the pause button. Here's the second one, real quick. Here's the second thing that you need to do is ponder. Ponder. Think before you speak. Just, that's what we're saying. Think before you you speak. In other words, engage your mind before you engage your mouth. You know, we all get in trouble with our words because we speak before we think. How many times have we said something? But you regret it, Man, if I could just have, have that back. There's three types of people in this world: people who think before they talk, people who think while they're talking oh, <laughs> that's me people who think after they talk. There might be a fourth people that don't think at all, but that's a whole <laughs> nother message. As believers who understand the power of our words that we've been learning the last several weeks, we need to be the people that really think. Before we, we talk, we need to take a moment and we need to ponder and think how, how to answer this. What should I say? You know, when Mary, the mother of Jesus, when she heard about that she was going to have a child and he was going to be the Christ, you know, the Bible says she didn't start telling everybody. She didn't start talking about it. She didn't tweet it. She didn't post it, right? She didn't text anybody. She's not telling everybody about what God has said to her. The Bible says that she pondered in her heart. Luke 2, 19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I know some of you are wondering, well, well, what did your wife do? Well, after she did the, the pause thing, we finally pulled over a few miles up the road and I went back there and I gave her enough time to think about what she was going to say. And, and I'm just like, I'm I'm... I've lost control of my mouth. Like, really, woman. You're going to act like you did nothing, and you hit me, and my bag's almost deployed, and I almost went through the window, and you're going to act like you did nothing. So we pull over, and this is what came out of her mouth. I hit you. Now get back in your truck and let's go home. Yes, ma'am. And we've been happily married ever (laughs) <laughs> Come on, somebody. My marriage is working. I just listen to what she says and do. I'm telling you. Tuck my tail between my legs and headed on home. <laughs> Mary didn't blab it. She pondered it. I'm almost done. Proverbs 29, 11. A fool utters all his mind, but a wise man keeps it, keeps it in. He ponders it. Come on, this will help you. Words really, I can't, words matter. Man, we got to pause. We got to ponder. We got to think before we speak. We need to learn to, to in fact, there's an acrostic. This will help you using the word think. Think before you speak. Th- this will help you. The T is, here's what you need to ask yourself. Is it true? Come on, this is about thinking before you speak. Ask yourself, is this tr-? What I'm getting ready to say, is this true? Here's the H. Is it helpful? Is it helpful? Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not use harmful, hear it, hear it, this is huge. You do not use harmful words, but only helpful words, the kind that build up and provide what is needed, so that what you say will do, do good to those who hear you. So you need to ask yourself, is it, is it helpful? The question you need to ask yourself before you speak is, do my words hurt or do my words help? Am I making this situation better? Or am I making the situation worse? Am I helping someone by saying this? Or am I hurting someone by saying this? Words, listen to me, about yourself and words about others should always help. Your words have life and death in them. Your words are like elevators. They're they're either taking people up or they're taking people down. The I in think is, is it inspiring? Ask yourself, is, is this going to inspire others to be better and more like God? So, so, so you're, at, you're saying, does this encourage or does this discourage? The N stands for, is it necessary? There's just a whole lot that we do is just not necessary. You know, is it necessary? I, I know we say this all the time. I learned this from my spiritual father. and he, he used to say, I'm concerned, but it's not my concern. Not every issue is your issue. I'm, a, I'm concerned about it, but it's not my concern. So, is it necessary? K, okay? is it kind? Proverbs sixteen twenty four says, "Kind words are like honey, sweet to the taste and good for your health." It's good for your health. How many of you want to be healthy, right? In our lives, in our relationships. Okay, can I just take this, Mom? I'm getting close here. The last one's really quick. But, but this is so huge right here. Man, if you're sleeping, I hope your neighbor wakes you up because this is absolutely, especially for the culture of our church and for our families and for our homes, there should be zero tolerance for words that tear down people. Negativity, gossip, hurtful, harsh, destructive words should have no place in our lives, in our homes, in our marriages, in our families. In our church, hello, in our church, come on, zero tolerance. If you want to gossip, tear down, be hurtful. Come on, you in the wrong place. Come on, come on. When we speak, we need to speak words of life. When we speak, we need to speak kind words. When, when we text, when we, when we tweet, when we post, they need to be life-giving words or we don't say them at all, right? In fact... For those that really haven't gotten that, I don't have time because it's really heavy. In James chapter 4, the brother of Jesus, the one that we're asking the question, what would he say? He kind of talks about, who are you who slander and badmouth one another? Who are you who are so critical and judgmental of others? And then he just lays it out on the table. He says, who's made you God? Who do you think you are to be a judge of others? God hasn't given you that permission. Wow. Here's the third word to help you with tongue control. Number three, pray. In other words, ask for God's help to speak. Ask for God's help to speak. Psalms 141.3 says it this way. The psalmist says, Lord, help me control my tongue. Help me be careful about what I say. Now, now I want you to hear me. I'm going just a little bit over today. Because some of you need a lot of help. But I want you to hear this. Don't dismiss this. Because, because I'm here to tell you, praying lips will save your lips. Praying lips will save your lips. We not only need our lives saved, but we need our mouths saved. Your, your words really do matter. The psalmist said it like this. May the words... Of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. Oh Lord, may the words of my mouth. It's a prayer I pray every day. And I get up in the morning, I've been learning to do this. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, Lord, may it be acceptable to you. Why? Because words really do matter. It's the steering wheel to your Life In Isaiah chapter 6, last story, here it is. Isaiah has this amazing encounter with God. Isaiah actually sees the Lord in the throne room and he sees that God's highly exalted. The Bible says in this, this vision that he's having, he sees angels and they're flying around the throne room and they're, they're saying, holy, holy, holy Lord God, all." Oh, Mighty! it's an amazing passage of Scripture there in Isaiah, beginning with with verse 1 of chapter 6. These voices of angels, the Bible says, begin to shake the temple, the foundations of the temple. And the Bible says that the room where the throne room was, and what he's seeing is is filled with God's presence and His majesty. And then upon the encounter of this, Isaiah spoke, and they have it on the screen, Isaiah spoke this upon encountering this, this majestic, Occasion, he says, So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips. Now, notice, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah is encountering God's presence, he's encountering God Himself. And the very first thing, don't miss it, that, that Isaiah realizes about his life, when he encounters Almighty God, this is the very first thing that he realizes. He says, God, I need help with my mouth. Of all the areas he could have talked about, when he encountered a holy God, a loving God. When he encountered the presence of God, the first thing that he realizes is, Oh God, I need your help. I need you to come and tame my tongue. It's an amazing thing. And, and all of a sudden the Bible says an angel took a coal from the altar and touches, touches his mouth. And heals the very area that he needed healing in. And the Bible says that once Isaiah's mouth had been touched by God, the Bible says that Isaiah went forth by God, being used mightily by God to help people of unclean lips. Remember, he dwelt in a people, with a people of unclean lips. And that's really the issue, isn't it? I mean, we're going to go out these buildings today, these doors today, and we're going to live life and, you know... Primarily, most people just talk what, whatever they want to talk. They say whatever they want to say and it's hard to get tone control because we just kind of flow with everybody else. And, but, but when he was, Isaiah was in the presence of God, he realized, God, I need your help. And if you'll, if you'll touch my area and heal my area, then I can go out there and I can be the man of God, the woman of God that you've called me to be in the midst of a people with unclean Just because they talk that way doesn't mean you've got to talk that way. Come on, just because they're doing that doesn't mean you've got to do that. Here's the application. Here's the principle. Every day, I need to go before God to experience His presence. And when I do, here's the take-home. I can get help. God will touch my mouth for that day so that I can go out and help somebody or help our society of un clean lips. Hallelujah. Come on, we're going to do it. Let's do it. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, bow your heads. Nobody leaving. In just a moment, the campus pastors are going, are going to come back, but I want to close with a few things this morning. We're getting ready to make our declarations. That's the funnest part of these services. But but With eyes closed and Heads bowed. I've been doing this over the last couple weeks, especially for this series. I want you, right where you're at in all of our campuses, would you just right now have the gust to maybe just open your mouth and say, God, how does this apply to me? What I have just heard... Lord, what what do I need to do with it? Because everybody's in different situations. We're all in different seasons of our life and we're facing certain circumstances and different circumstances. And, And the prayer needs to be from you is, God, what do I need to do with what I have just heard this morning? And as we're doing that, as I look all over this congregation here in Clovis, there in Fresno and Madeira. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's what's really awesome. The Bible says, for those that don't think their words matter, all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible is very clear that if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. If you're here today or any of our campuses and you're not right with... God, you've never received him as your Lord and Savior, or you might say, you know, I once did, but I haven't been living for him, and I need to rededicate my life. As I look at this congregation here in Clovis, there in Fresno, there in Madera, if that's you, and you want to get your life right with your master, your maker today, would you just lift your hand up as high as you can get it and hold it up? Come on, just hold it. Hands going up everywhere and every, man, I'm telling you, hands are going up. Hands are going, I believe they're going up in Fresno. They're going up in, just hold them up high. Come on, God's getting ready to rock your world. God's getting ready to change your life. God's getting ready to touch your mouth. You can put your hands down. All of our campuses, if you lifted your hand or should have lifted your hand, I want you to pray this prayer. In fact, everybody, would you pray this prayer as just a means of support? Say it with some, say it with some volume this morning. Say, say, Father God, today I give you my life. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I confess him as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of all my sins. And from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on. Come on. Let's celebrate. So many just prayed that prayer. I'm gonna ask you to stand here in Clovis at all of our campuses stand. Please, nobody leaving. We're gonna make some declarations. This is the important part of the service, and then our campus pastors are gonna come back. Once we make our declarations this morning, after we say I, I the I ams of our life, I'm gonna pray for you and I'm gonna believe for great things in your life. Are you ready? Come on, you got the volume here in Fresno and Madeira. Say this with me. Say I am blessed, I'm blessed. say I'm prosperous, I'm say I'm successful. Say, I'm victorious. Say, I'm talented. Now, listen, you can find these all in the Bible. We're not just saying things, we're saying what God has already declared over our lives. Say, the, say I'm wise. Say, I'm qualified. Say, I'm valuable. Say, I'm attractive. Somebody needs to say that again. Say, I'm attractive. Say, I'm disciplined. I'm patient. I'm kind. Say it again. I'm kind. I'm kind. I'm generous. I'm healthy, I'm strong, I'm empowered, I'm forgiven, and I'm a child of the Most High God. Come on, give it up. Hallelujah. And because you have said it and declared it, you are now allowing it to come into your life. Father, I pray for all of our people at all the campuses. God, I so thank you for your word. God, I know that's a lot that we have spoken today, but I pray, God, that it would take deep root in the hearts of the hearers, Lord, that, God, we'd go out of this place ready to take on this week. God, be armed with your truth. Thank you, Lord, for the understanding of the power of our words. And, Lord, I'd be the first one to tell you God, I have made huge mistakes in this area. God, I'm sure the people here at celebration would be willing to say, God, I've made huge mistakes in this area. So God, we pray today. Would you touch our mouths? Would you bring healing to our mouths? God, would you God, would you bring the ability to have our tongues contained as we begin to control them? God, I thank you that as You're doing what we cannot do for ourselves. I thank you, Lord, that the I.M.s of our life, Father, is setting us up for the greatest year that we've ever experienced. God, I pray for health. I pray for healing. I pray for provision. I declare the peace of God over every home and every family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. One more time, give the Lord a victory clap of praise. Come on, give it up, church. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.